the, the dream to have a kids' worship team actually was, uh, when, I, when I got brought up here over three years ago now, Jack and Mitch had already got the ball rolling on something. They, and they gave me this, this presented this vision of, of what they saw, of uh, worship being led for children by children, which so resonated in my heart. But I want you to know is that what, what you see with these guys is a culture that's been growing for three years plus um, and wasn't something that was ignited by me as a pastor, but was ignited by the young people in this house and the culture that they were already in. And so this is something that as a family that we go, this is so cool that it, it's something that's been gr- grown organically through the culture that's set by Lynn and Peter and Chris and Ruth and Glenn and Debbie and the DNA of this place. Um, and I just, I, I want you guys to know that I so love ministering in this house. Like of all the places, like I, I, I left a home, I left a job directing in television to come here for two days pay a week. Um, not because I was like, yeah, this is amazing. I can, you know, have nearly no money um, and work all these extra jobs to make ends meet. But because there was a culture in this place, I went, oh, I want to be a part of what is going on and what was LCC back then and now Thrive. So don't, don't take for granted that the atmosphere that we get to worship God in this place because it's, it's very special. Yeah, cool, cool. Okay, so, well, actually, I don't need to do that. We've got a stage upstairs, so I'm just quite fond of standing on it. I'm like, <laughs> but this like, oh, this has been here for ages, this stage. Novelty's worn off already for me. <laughs> okay, so I've got a cool word today. Um, how you guys, kids? How you doing today? You good? Good? Yeah, this is like, you know when children's ministry is going really well is when you, except for that child crying in the other ministry, it's just like, oh, this is so nice. I don't have to lift the volume of my voice. All right, so I want to share a story about two guys in the Bible, and uh, their names are Paul and Silas, and they're they're pretty cool guys. Remember, kids, like, when we had that message a while ago, Paul used to be called Saul, and he was a pretty bad dude, and then one day he met Jesus and got radically changed, and then he invested the rest of his life into helping radically change other people's lives. Emma, could you just shut that door for me, please? Thank you. Um, So these two guys, Paul and Silas, they go hang out in this town because God's like, man, these people need to know about me. And so they're there telling people about Jesus and they're doing miracles. And then one of the miracles that they do really upsets a bunch of bad guys. Because they're these bad dudes and they had this girl and she was their slave. And she would have to like, do all this random spiritual work for them that Jesus didn't want her doing because it wasn't nice stuff. And so they began to tell her and speak to her and stuff, and she got freed from all of this stuff. And then the guys that owned her as a slave were really angry that Jesus had helped her because they didn't want anybody helping this person because they were like, they were these big, mean bullies. And they didn't want anybody helping the people that they were bullying. They didn't want anybody to stand up to them, least of all, Jesus. But Paul and Silas, they had so much Jesus on their life that whenever they saw a bully hurting somebody, well, they couldn't help but help that person because Jesus is somebody who helps. And so they helped and they saved this girl from these bullies. But then the bullies went to all the people in the town and they started telling lies. They started saying that these guys were doing things that they hadn't done. Who's ever like, you know, you get a toy that breaks and then you didn't break it? But somehow 
somebody says that you're the one that broke it and then you're in trouble, you're like, I, 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 it wasn't me. I used to do that. When my mum, she didn't like greasy fingers touching things. And so when my brother would annoy me, I'd go to the microwave and I'd write Josh on it with his really greasy finger. And then she'd see it, like, why did you say, I shouldn't do that? And she's like, what, who would write your name there? It's like, I don't, it wasn't me. And I was like, <laughs> don't do that. That's being a bit of a bully. And that wasn't a nice thing that I did. I'm just using it because it's funny. It's happened so long ago. I did it to my sister too. Awesome. Okay, but these guys, they did that. They went to the people in the town. They went to the police in the town. They said, these guys are like causing riots. They're going around starting fights. They're just going up and they're just ran like punching people in the face and pulling their hair and, and stuff like that. And the, and the police and stuff were like, oh, that's not very good. That's just naughty. And um, so then these guys, they, they took Paul and Silas and they beat them up. They became really big bullies. And they beat them, and they hurt them, and then they took them to prison. Now, I don't know about you, but I reckon if Paul and Silas, if that was me, I'd be feeling pretty angry. I'd be like, man, this isn't fair. There was, there was someone being bullied, and we helped that person, God, and now these bullies got more bullies, and all these bullies are bullying me, and now they're taking me to prison. But maybe I'll get a TV. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it'll be okay. Maybe, maybe, God, could you give me, like, a water bed? Because then when I'm jumping on the bed, it can be like, whoa, I'm surfing at the same time. That'd be pretty cool. And maybe Paul would be like, oh, maybe we'll get better food. Maybe the food, there will be better food. Maybe they'll cut the crusts off our food. And instead of giving us sandwiches and square cuts, I'll get the triangle ones that I actually want. Okay, this was a very important thing in my childhood. Triangle toast, not squares. All right, and so maybe, like, I mean, what do you guys think would be some fun things that they could have been hoping that they would get? Anyone's got ideas of what they might like in their room? Who's got some ideas? Adults, you can help me out here with the kids as well. Pardon? Nothing? They want nothing. Well, yeah. Pardon? Jelly. Oh, maybe we'll get jelly. Like when I was in hospital, I got jelly. Maybe in prison, I'll get jelly. Or maybe I'll get a room with a view, and in that view, there'll be a duck. And in that, with that duck will be ducklings, and with that ducklings, they'll have remote control cars, and they'll secretly want to give me one of them. Yes, Maddie? A bigger room. Maybe I'll get a bigger room than my friend. I'll be like, I'm in jail, but at least my jail version's better than your one. An ensuite. A toilet. Yep. <coughs> Lollies and lollies, chippies and fizzy. Okay, so maybe like, okay, God, so this is there's a bad thing happening. Let's make this area here the prison. Okay, so they're going to the prison, and they're like, well, I know that God loves me, and He wouldn't want me to go to prison. That's not His perfect plan for me. So surely He'll make it easier because, like, if I love God, that means that there should never be bad things that happen, right? Or does sometimes bad stuff still happen? So they're like, well, wonder what happens. So bad things are happening, but maybe it'll be better for me. Maybe when I get to my prison, there'll be a TV, there'll be a window, there'll be ducks, there'll be jelly and lollies and chippies and a waterbed. And so they go past all these prison rooms. This is what happened. They get taken past all these prison cells. And they're walking for a long time. And then finally, they get to the very center of the prison, like the innermost part, the place where it would be the most impossible to escape from. And the, and the police are like, this is your room. And they take them into the room, and then they chain them, hands and feet, to the wall. <laughs> Where's the jelly? 
just like, ah, get rid of that jelly. They're like, there's no jelly? Well, there's no jelly? What, you, first you beat me up, and now I don't get the jelly. Where's our TV? And they're like, TV, that's like 2,000 years away. Oh, my gosh, nothing's on. And then they're like, where are the ducks? And they're like, we ate the ducks. And they're like, you ate the ducks? What about the ducklings? Oh, we turned them into jelly. Where is the jelly? We fed it to some more ducks. This is ridiculous. You know, this is not going well. You know, if this is me, I'd be like, I'm crying, I'm crying. Because I'm Paul in the story because he's the main character. Okay, so I'm crying, I'm crying. And Saul's like, stop crying. Your crying's making me cry. I'm like, why are you so selfish? Just let me have my emotional moment. And he's just like, why? So the story goes on. They start singing. And so this, this is me. If I was singing, this would be my song. My life is over. Or maybe it'd be like, God, I need you to come in like a wrecking ball. You know, maybe it'd be like that. Or maybe they would sing. Maybe they would sing. Maybe they would sing. I can't remember the words. And then Silas is singing the words really good. I'm just like, I wish I could sing like Silas could sing. But this guy sings so much better. He's in his chains. He's like this. Oh, yeah. You know, he's like, there's no wind machine. But somehow here is just like. And there's like, he's like, if only I had a pen to sign the autographs for the police. They're just like, I want your autograph. You sing so good. You know, who knows what was actually happening? I do, because I read it in the Bible. You should know. Come on. If your children don't know, tell them the story later so they can actually hear the way it was written. It was written in the Bible, so you know it must be good. You can even read the Bible on the internet, and that's the only stuff on the internet that's actually true. Okay. That was moderately funny. More funny than you gave me credit for. Okay. All right. So, that Ricky Moore song worked on that for three days. As I just thought of it yesterday. Okay, so they're in there, but they start singing. And they don't start singing about how there's nothing on TV. And they don't start singing about how the ducks got eaten and then turned into jelly and eaten again by other ducks, because that was ridiculous. And please don't think about that too much before you go to sleep. Okay, and they don't start singing about how there's no waterbed and how there's no chips and lollies. They don't sing about that. You know what? I don't even think they started singing about how they wanted God to get them out of prison. If that was me, I would be singing, God, please, 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 get me out of prison. Please, 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 get me out of prison. But you know what it says? It says they began to sing and give glory to God. So these guys are locked in. They've been beaten up by bullies. And they've been locked in the worst place of the worst place. So they got the worst room in the worst place. So it just like, it stinks, okay? It is awful, and it's probably dark, it's probably cold. And you know what? It would have been really scary, even for grown-ups. This would have been scary. And it says that they began to worship God and tell God how much they still loved Him. You know, sometimes when we're doing things and, and things don't go well for us, it can be really easy for us to focus on the thing that's not going well. And we can feel really bad about that. And I think that if, we, if we're aware of this thing and we can like, God, 
I really want you to help me begin to put my faith in God. That is amazing. That is incredible. What I think is even more amazing with these guys, they didn't even seem to be really focusing on God helping them. They were still more in love with who God was. And how much they loved God was still bigger than the mess that they were in. And I think that is amazing. I think that is amazing. I know times in my life where things have been really, really hard, and it's been loving God and how big His love was that actually made the difference for me. And so these guys are in there, and they begin singing. And you know what? This is the part that I love in the story. Who reckons that Jesus really wants to help a nice person? Give me a wave. You think someone really nice, Jesus wants to help them? Yeah. Do you know what? I think that every nice person God really loves. What do you think about the bullies? Do you think God loves the bullies as much? Yeah? What about all the people that have been locked in the prison for doing really naughty things? What about the people in there who have been stealing other people's jelly and letting out the ear on other people's bike tires or writing their siblings' names in the microwave or robbing banks or not putting the right amount of water in the jelly so that when it actually sets, it's too runny to eat the worst crime of all. Okay, so there were all these people in the prison, and do you know what? Jesus really wanted them to experience his love as well. He really wanted them to experience his love. And I know that there's no part of Jesus' heart where he would want Paul and Silas being beaten up by bullies. That's not in God's heart to want that. But do you know what? I reckon if Jesus came to Paul and Silas and said, you know what, there are some people in prison that I want you to sing about me so that they can hear it. And if that would mean that you got beaten up, would you do that? I reckon that Paul and Silas would be like, yeah, man, because if you love them, that means I love them. So it says this in the Bible, that as they were singing and worshiping God, every single prisoner in the middle of the night had stopped what they were doing which was probably sleeping. It's not that hard to stop that. Um, And they were listening to Paul and Silas. They were listening, going, what is that? How is it that these people are in the worst room in this whole place and they're chained up to the wall and we can see they've been beaten up, but they still love Jesus? How, How amazing would this Jesus be that these people could still love him? Do you know one of the cool things that we have in our life when we go through a bad time? It's not the bad time. Bad times are still bad times. They're not fun. But it's when people see how much we still love Jesus in a bad time that makes them realize how cool Jesus must be. These guys in the prison were like, man, Jesus must be so amazing after all this stuff has happened. Even though they're in a really bad time, Jesus' love is still the main thing in their life. Even though they've been bullied on the playground, instead of hitting the person back, They've said, Jesus loves you. You know, instead of like getting a bad mark at school and going, oh, I don't want to do school anymore, going, Jesus, I know you love me and I know you can help me. You know, instead of having a disagreement at work because somebody got a promotion that you'd been really working towards, instead of becoming bitter about that, going, you know what, Jesus, I still want to show your love to people because that's actually the main thing in my life. And because it's the main thing, that takes up most of the space. So of course that's what I'm going to show because it's the main thing. 
And so all these prisoners are listening, being amazed. These people still love Jesus. His love must be amazing, better than KFC, which is so good. And, and then what happens? The prison starts to shake. And the prison doors open up and Paul and Silas's chains drop off. And they're probably like in mid-song, like, Jesus! Oh, well, that was unexpected because we weren't really focusing on this. We're just loving Jesus. And they walk outside and there's a prison guard, the guy in charge of the prison. And he is terrified because he thinks his prisoners have escaped. He's like, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to get beaten up. I'm going to get thrown in prison forever because I failed. And Paul and Silas are still there and they've got the option to run away. We can get out of here. But they stop in the prison when God gave them the chance to escape and they begin to tell the guard of the prison how much Jesus loves him. And then this guy gives his life to Jesus. And Paul and Silas go to his family and they all give their lives to Jesus. And then Paul and Silas are like, well, it's almost morning. You better go put us back in prison because we don't want you to get in trouble. And so they go back to prison not knowing what will happen. This could be the chance that God gave them. And so I have my chance for freedom or I have my chance to love somebody. And I know that God wants me to live a life of freedom, but I know that he's called me to love somebody. And so freedom, that's still going to be his responsibility. But my responsibility is to love people. And so for me to love you means that I have to go back to the prison that God got me out of. And so he goes back to the prison where the bullies put them. And then in the morning, the people who put them in the prison found out that they were wrong and they weren't allowed to do it the way that they did it. And they were so scared that they would get in trouble. They came to Paul and Silas and apologized and personally walked them out of the city in front of everybody that would have been able to see it. And God let everybody know that Paul and Silas were right and that other people had been wrong. And they left that all up to God. They left everything up to God. And the thing that they focused on was that I love God and God wants me to love other people. Everything else is God's responsibility. Which I think is just so amazing. It's so incredible that we can focus on God's love and trust Him that He's going to take care of the other things in our life. So what I felt this morning um, was that there's some people here, and we've actually got some things like this in our own life. We've got some things that have been making us upset. There's been some things that have been making us sad, um, things that we're not sure about. We might even be a bit angry or a bit scared about. And I want us this morning to be able to take our eyes off some of these things and go, God, you want me to love you because you love me. And I want to trust you with these other things. Can you help me do that this morning? And so what I want to do is I want to invite the Super Church Band back up. And we're going to do that song that we were doing before. And what I want to do is I want to invite everybody to stand. And if you'd like to, guys, I want you to build the song up. So just start quite slow with it. And as you feel the atmosphere release, I want you to then begin to build that, okay, so that we can partner with what God is doing. You got that, guys? Yeah. So what I want to do, as it builds, 
let that freedom that God's got for you begin to wrap around you as you focus on his love. And if you want to dance, you can dance. If you want to kneel, you can kneel. If you want to sit, you can sit. But we're just going to do this for seven minutes because that's how much time I've got left on my run sheet. And that's more than how much God needs. And that's what we're going to do. And then I'm going to hand it back to Glenn. Super Church kids, we're going to go upstairs and hang out and celebrate how much fun we had. Okay, that sounds, that's the plan. So let's just stand up and, and just spend this next time focusing on God.